بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيد الأولين والآخرين وعلى جميع إخوانه من النبيين والمرسلين وآل كل وصحب كل ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا All praise is due to Allah. May Allah raise the rank of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and protect his nation from that which he fears for them. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to increase our knowledge and benefit us with the knowledge we have acquired. Ameen. The month of Zul-Hijjah is the last month of the lunar year. The first ten days of it are the best days, as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, especially the day of Arafah, which is on the ninth of Zul-Hijjah, the ninth of this month. That's the best day of the year. Muslims around the world eagerly await that moment and that day to witness the manifestation of unity amongst Muslims when they are all on the Mount of Arafah despite the differences in race language and color but what united them is the banner of tawheed la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah they all come together different backgrounds different mother tongue different skin color from different countries they gather on the land of Arafah, but they are all saying in one voice, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik la sharika laka Labbaik, Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk la sharika lak. Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik means, O oh Allah, I obey you time after time. Meaning, it's like you are giving a promise to remain steadfast on obedience to Allah Azza wa Jal. So you want to obey Allah, then obey Allah again, then obey Allah again. Labbayka Allahumma labbayk. Labbayka la sharika laka labbayk. I obey you, you are the one without a partner. Inna alhamda wa ni'mata laka wal mulk. Indeed, the praises are due to you. And from you are the endowments, and to you belong the dominion. La sharika lak, there is no partner with you. So that statement that they repeat, because it's highly recommended to keep repeating this while you are on the mount of Arafah. And Muslims start making talbiyah, this kind of talbiyah, uh, from the time they become in the state of ihram. 
So if they are heading from Medina to Mecca, they reach a place 15 kilometers away from Medina towards Mecca called Abar Ali. That's when they wear the clothes of Ihram, they pray to Raka'ahs and before that they might have had shower. Then they pray to Raka'ahs, then they put the intention to be in the state of Ihram for Hajj or Umrah. Once they become in that state, they keep repeating this Talbiya, it's recommended. Then on the Mount of Arafah also, it's highly encouraged and urged to make Talbiya on that land. So when one thinks about these moments, the tears will be shed, of course, when you think about that moment. All what you can see around you, people on that land of Arafah. People on that land, the men, I'm talking about the men, they took off these decorated clothes and they put on the clothes of Ihram. The clothes of Ihram are two pieces, like two towels. One, they will wrap the bottom part of the body, and one, they put it on the shoulder. Just two pieces. And because it's white, because it's white, it looks like the shroud of the dead. So you cannot distinguish between the rich and poor, the prince and the ordinary person. The only thing that will distinguish them is the level of piety. So there you will live the concept the Prophet talked about unity that there is no difference between Arabs and non-Arabs, white and dark people, except with piety. Meaning you might see a person from non-Arabic background on that land, but he is pious. You find someone from an Arabic background, but he is not pious. Who is better? The one who is pious. You may find a lady, that is pious, and a man that is not pious. Who is better? The lady that is pious. So what distinguishes between one and another is the level of God-fearingness. This is the beauty of our religion. There is no racism based on race or sex or background or skin color. Rather, what makes you better? Do more good deeds. The more good deeds you do, the higher in ranks you become. And that will make you in a better situation. Not your background or your language and the like. Rather, what determines your level is your piety. Is your piety. It was mentioned in the past. In the past, they used to have slaves, you know, slaves in the past. And there was a slave like in, in a market. They call it like slave market. You know, Islam encouraged, encouraged one to do what? To free 
the slaves. So they used to buy them, teach them, feed them, live with them for a while. Then later on, they would free them. So one of the pious Muslims passed by that place. He realized and he knew about one who was weak, weak, a slave with dark skin, weak. And so no one would pay a lot for that slave. Then the owner at that time was offering people, strong men, as slaves to be sold. And that one was sitting on the side, weak. This pious person said to that person, I want to buy this one. He said, I can give you a stronger one. This one is weak. He won't be able to help you. He said, no, I want this one in particular. He paid whatever he asked him to pay, and he took him. That slave was a God-fearing person. So as he was walking with politeness, he said to the one who bought him, Oh, my master, why did you purchase me? I'm weak. I can't even serve you and help you. Then that pious person said to him, I did not purchase you so you can serve me. Rather, I purchased you so I can serve you. So I can serve you. Because he knew about his status in religion. So he was a slave, but his rank was very high. So alhamdulillah for the beauty of our religion. So when people are on the land of Arafah, wearing clothes that look like the shrouds of the dead, that reminds them with what? With the day of judgment, when they will be resurrected. So that scene on that day, all Muslims around the world await to see it. And if you haven't been there, describing is not like seeing. So when you see it, when you feel it, subhanAllah, something and it will pump your heart. Something will pump your heart when you see all those Muslims. That's the beauty of our religion. You know the story of the so-called Elijah Muhammad and Malcolm X. Maybe you are aware of it. Uh, you know this person, so-called Elijah Muhammad from America, uh, he made a group, they called themselves, what? Nation of Islam, they called themselves. And all his followers were black, black people. Because he told them, the white people are devils and the white people will go to hellfire. Only, and in some of the quotes, we've seen, they even said, God is black. His student, Malcolm X, was his student, that person. Then it happened that he started questioning certain matters. Then he went, they say, to Egypt. Then he went to Saudi Arabia uh, to perform Hajj. When he looked around, people from different races, different skin color, they all come together. 
So he said, Islam is not as he has been told. So when he went back, he started confronting with that person. And you know the rest of the story. In our religion, what determines your status is how good you are. The Prophet said in the hadith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not judge you by your look or by your bodies. Rather, Allah judges you by your hearts and your actions. Your hearts and your deeds. This is how a person is judged, not by the look. Because Allah created all of us. So the way you are now is what Allah created you in that image. So it's not something that you chose for yourself to be. So if you find yourself healthy and uh, you look nice, praise Allah for giving you health and nice look. If you find yourself sick and not that nice looking as I may say, yeah, you accept. You accept and you remain patient. So that will give you rewards. On Arafah, on the land of Arafah, all what you can see, Muslims gathered from different backgrounds, different skin color, different mother tongue, but they all unite on what? On, on repeating the word of Tawheed. They say, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. They say, Labbaik Allahumma Labbaik. And that's what is known from the verse, subhanAllah. An ayah says, وَاعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَاذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنْتُمْ أَعْدَاءً فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانًا وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَى شَفَى حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِنْهَا كَذَلِكَ يُبَيِّنُ اللَّهُ لَكُمْ آيَاتِهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ So the saying of Allah, وَاَعْتَصِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ That's an order from Allah Azza wa Jal to remain steadfast to the religion. To remain steadfast to the religion, meaning to perform what is an obligation and to avoid what is forbidden. Wala tafarraqu, meaning and do not disunite. Because in unity there is strength, while in division is what? Weakness. So be united. Then Allah Azza wa Jal reminded them of the great endowment bestowed upon them that Allah guided them to Islam and that they were on the edge of a pit of fire and Allah Azza wa Jal saved them by embracing Islam and following this great religion. So when that happened, as we saw in the companions, Allah Azza wa Jal mended their hearts together. They became brothers and sisters with a strong bond. And what united them is that banner of Tawheed, 
No one is God except Allah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. So the strongest bond between a Muslim and a Muslim is the religion. That's the strongest bond. That's why you may see a Muslim offering help to another Muslim that a brother may not do to his blood brother, يعني, may not do to his blood brother. The Prophet وسلم, urged us to be steadfast on the religion and to adhere to the methodology of the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet The Prophet, as you know, performed one Hajj and he performed four Umrahs, but one Hajj. And that Hajj that he performed is known as the Farewell Hajj. The Farewell Hajj. Hajjatul Wada' Because it's only one Hajj and after it, by a short period of time, the Prophet passed away. During the gathering in that farewell hajj, the Prophet told them, O oh people, I'm leaving among you something that if you hold onto it, then you will never go astray. The Book of Allah and my Sunnah. The Book of Allah and my sunnah. And meaning here my sunnah, the methodology of the Prophet in belief and practice. So the one who adheres to the book of Allah and to the methodology of the Prophet such a person will never go astray. Will never go astray. So the greatest endowment bestowed upon you from Allah Azza wa Jal is that Allah guided you to Islam. That's the greatest endowment. Because health comes and goes. Money comes and goes. As you can see, nothing remains in the same state in this life. Even look at yourself. When you were young, then you grow old, you become weak, you might have money today, but tomorrow you'll be poor, and so on. So all these are changes, variables in life. These are variables in life. They change. But if you find yourself steadfast on the religion of Islam, that's the greatest endowment. That's the greatest endowment. It was mentioned as well that one of the righteous Muslims passed by a person who was sick, thrown on the side of the street, was inflicted with calamities. He was inflicted with a disease called leprosy. The organs turn red, then black, then they start falling off. So his hands, the flesh of his hands and legs fell off and he was blind. On top of that, on top of that, the wasps came and they started stinging him on his head. And he was patient and he didn't have hands to push him away. That righteous person that passed by him, that is righteous and the other one is righteous as well. When he saw him in that state, 
He lost the flesh of his hands and legs. The wasps are biting him and he's patient. He lost his sight. He doesn't have relatives or friends. And on top of all of that, people threw him away because they were worried about that disease coming to them, being contagious. The righteous Muslim, when he saw him, he was in shock. He said, Subhanallah, how can he patient to that extent? Then that person, the inflicted one, heard him. Now that's a lesson for all of us. When he heard him, he said to him, I praise Allah, alhamdulillah, for granting me a heart that fears Allah, a tongue that praises Allah, an eye that sheds tears out of fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a body that can tolerate the inflictions. Then he said, O oh Allah, if you were to pour the calamities on me, that will not make me accept more uh, loving to you and more patient. So look at what he lost, but in return Allah gave him something that will benefit him in the hereafter. The one who gets inflicted in this life and he remains patient with that infliction on the day for judgment, when he sees the rewards of his patience, he would wish that he was inflicted more in this life. He would wish I was inflicted more in this life, so I gain more rewards. That's the situation of those who know about all of these. So Muslims are awaiting that day, which is the day of Arafah, and that's the best day of the year. There is no day that is better than the day of Arafah. While the Prophet ﷺ was on the Mount of Arafah, land of Arafah, Allah revealed that verse to him. الْيَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا This ayah means today, I have perfected this religion by revealing to the Prophet all the foundations of the rules about halal and haram, all what you need to know. Now it's completed. The set of rules are completed. And the foundations are completed. And I have bestowed upon you my endowment. And the promise from Allah Azza wa Jal to them that they will come back to Mecca. And that happened because the Prophet as they, the non-believers, forced them to leave Mecca and the Prophet immigrated by the order of Allah Azza wa Jal. They went to Medina. After eight years, they came back and they conquered Mecca. And they became safe. They enjoyed the safety and the tranquility in Mecca. 
So that's the endowment from Allah Azza wa Jal upon them. وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينًا And I guided you to Islam and that is your religion. Because the only religion that is accepted by Allah Azza wa Jal is the religion of Islam. There is no religion other than Islam that is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was mentioned that some Jews approached Umar ibn al-Khattab anhu at that time. They said to Umar anhu, there is a verse in your book, because they heard it. They said there is a verse in your book. If that verse was revealed to us, then that day will make it a Eid. You know, Eid, a feast, will make it a Eid. And Umar said, what verse? Then they told him, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum wa atmamtu alaykum ni'mati wa raditu lakum al-Islam deena. Then he said to them, I swear to God, I know the day it was revealed to the Prophet. And I know the moment it was revealed to the Prophet. And it was revealed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on a day of Eid while he was on the land of Arafah. Because that is called Eid as well. Another narration through Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu that he said it was revealed on two Eids at the same time. Because it was on Friday and it was on the day of Arafah. Friday is Eid. It's called Eid. That's in a week. Eid in Arabic means that comes back time after time. So any day that gets repeated, from Arabic we say Ada. Ada came back. So he said it was revealed on a day that we had double Eid in it, if you want to say it that way. Because it was on Friday and it was on the day of Arafah. So the day of Arafah is the greatest day of the year, as the night of Al-Qadr is the best night of the year. The day of Arafah is the best day of the year. The Prophet wasallam urged us to make a great deal of supplication on that day. And the supplication of the pilgrims on the land of Arafah on that day has something specific, a specific merit. So if you know someone that had gone this year to perform Hajj, you may ask them to make supplication for you on that day, on when they are on the land of Arafah. Because the Prophet وسلم, said the best dua, the best supplication is the one made on the day of Arafah. And the best of what I've said, as well as the prophets before me, is La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika lah, lahul mulk wa lahul hamd, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadeer. Also that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about this day, the day of Arafah, there is no day that it's more likely for a slave to be freed from hellfire than the day of Arafah. So Allah Azza wa Jal, on that day, by His eternal will, by His eternal will, 
will save will save Muslims slaves from hellfire on that day as you know in during Ramadan every night of Ramadan there are some slaves who will be written as freed from the torture of hellfire also on that day the Prophet mentioned that there is no day similar to the day of Arafah during which Allah frees many of his slaves from the torture of hell. We ask Allah to make us amongst them. Also the Prophet said that the devil was not seen shrunk because he like he tries to show pride but on that day he will be shrunk the devil was not seen more shrunk nor more humiliated more despicable and more angry and disturbed than that on the day of Arafah why the prophet sallallahu said this is because of the amount of mercies that descend on the slaves from Allah Azza wa Jal on that day. And because of that, enormous sins will be forgiven. Enormous sins will be forgiven. It was mentioned from Al-Fudayl, Al-Fudayl ibn Iyad, one of the righteous Muslims, that he looked at the people on the day of Arafah and they were weeping making supplication and weeping asking Allah Azza wa Jal for their needs then he said to someone see if all of these people would go to someone all of them together imagine all those people were to go to someone and ask him for for a daniq daniq is one-sixth of a dirham, one-sixth of a dirham. Like the dirham is close to three grams, close to three grams of silver. So what's one-sixth of it? Nearly half, half a gram. Do you know how much now is a gram of silver? Who knows? the gram of silver it's cheap it's not expensive how much it's about 80 cents very cheap it's half of a gram so that's that's the daniq that's the daniq equivalent to that so al-fudayl said see if all of these people on the land of Arafah, were to go to someone and they all ask him for what? They just want one daniq. Would he reject them? That person said, no, of course he won't. Then he said to him, I swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah azza wa jal will forgive those who are asking for forgiveness on the land of Arafah quicker than that person giving them a daniq. SubhanAllah, so that day and that moment is very great.
So because we are in these days, we are urged to make a lot of takbir, tahmeed, tasbih, tahleel, say subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. During these days, whenever you have time. So even if, let us say, you are watching TV, say it. If you are driving your car, say it. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. Keep saying that during these days. And don't forget to fast the day of Arafah this year. The Prophet said, I hope that the one who fasts this day, the day of Arafah, the minor sins of his past year and whatever is left of the following year will be forgiven. Will be forgiven. And some of his major sins may be reduced as well. And that's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us. So we may do something that may look little in your eyes, but the reward for it is so great. So you fast this day and imagine of the reward that you get. And also don't forget to pray Eid as well. And don't forget to visit your relatives, also to give donations if you can. And if you are able to offer the udhiyya, the sacrifice, uh, you can do that. And that will help many people from the poor ones overseas. There are some people overseas, they may not be able to eat meat once every few months. I'm not exaggerating. So you may offer a sacrifice, so you can say, I want, inshallah, to participate. What do you get from that? The Prophet said to his daughter Fatima, because she wanted to offer a sacrifice, but she's not going to slaughter by her hands. She authorized someone else to uh, slaughter on her behalf. But the Prophet told his daughter Fatima, get up and witness it. Because from the first drop of blood that comes out of her, Allah will forgive all your past sins. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that a person will get hasanat for offering a sacrifice for every hair of its body, for every drop of blood of its body, even the digested food inside, so everything. All those will come on the day for judgment as hasanat in his scale, rewards in his scale. So also you shouldn't uh, miss that opportunity as well. So inshallah azza wa jal, don't miss out all these opportunities that are open for you. All what you need to do is scoop up from all these benefits. So and inshallah Allah will make us amongst those who are forgiven and protected from hellfire. Ameen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. We say la ilaha illallah and make salah on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.